She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. B I C I I pronounce it Vicky. Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of the new She's a Small Wonder, a small wonder podcast. This is the first official episode of the podcast. I am so, so excited about going on this journey, and I hope you guys are excited to go on this journey with me, because this show was, to me, growing up, was such a great amazing fun show now a little bit of background uh, information on the first episode here the first episode did air september 7th 1985 and season one episode one's title is entitled it's not the pilot because a lot of shows sometimes do have the pilot being the first episode's first title no this one is called vicky's Homecoming, and this episode on IMDb has a 7.6 rating out of 10 ratings based uh, on 35 ratings. So I'm going to, I got the DVD box in front of me. I'm going to read IMDb's description. And then I'm going to read the back of the DVD cover. Genius United Robotnik's Cybernetics Engineer, that's a long title, Ted Lawson brings home for assembly and long-term field beta testing Vicky, and they spell it here V-I-C-K-I, or V- dot i dot c dot i which in parentheses stands for voice input child identicate a secretly constructed robot domestic aid in the form of a 10 year old girl to whom housewife joan takes a shine while 10 year old son jamie instantly takes advantage of vicky as a maid to clean his room and do his homework wow let's see this episode was directed by John, I, sorry if I mispronounce, John Boab, B-O-W-A-D. We have Howard Leeds here. This episode was written by and created. Now, I'm wondering, did he have anything to do with Silver Spoons? And it looks like he was the creator of that as well. Connection, connection, wow, this is amazing, just all these podcasts I'm doing, they have all these connections to them, whether it's people that worked on the show, creating it, writing for it, or producing it, or even guest stars that star on the show and then later are in another show, it's just absolutely amazing. Joe, okay, quotes, repeated line. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember her saying that, or that's cute, or something like that. It's not annoying, really, but um, I'm going to read a little bit of, let's, uh, I think I'll do one piece of trivia, because there's no particular trivia for this episode, but 
I'm going to read a piece of trivia from the trivia section. This is IMDb, and sometimes you gotta take the take with a grain of salt. Let's see. All right, here's one. Seth Green, who you guys probably know, he was if you've seen the TV miniseries It, he played Richie. Um, he does the voice of Chris Griffin on The Family Guy. I'm trying to think. So. Um, he was also on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm not sure what his name was because I really never got into Buffy. Then what else was he? Uh, Can't Hardly Wait that came on 98. He played Kenny. Let's see. So, Seth Green screen tested for the part of Jamie Lawson. I really don't know how I feel about that. I really, really don't. So, per episode, we're going to do a piece of trivia. We are going to read a review as well. This one's kind of cute. I like this one. It says, Classic 80s Comedy. This review was done in 1999, November 17th, by username SmoothBee. All right. I had a crush on Vicky when I was seven years old. Small Wonder, whenever I see it, reminds me of my childhood glory years from 1985 to 89. It was the same formula plots that Full House would later use. Only there's two kids, if you can call Vicky a kid instead of three. Vicky is a robot Ted Lawson created. This was back in the early computer boom of the mid-80s, so the show fit in with its pop culture surroundings. Since Ted and his wife always wanted a little girl, the problem is each week they go through stunt after stunt to keep Vicky's robot identity a secret and to make their neighbors believe she's a real girl. It didn't help that Ted dressed her up in the same Raggedy Ann type dress with the high socks for the first couple of seasons, or that she spoke in a monotonic, monotonic robot voice. Throw in a wisecracking son and a boy-crazy girl next door, Harriet, and you have yourself a classic sitcom. In season three, they humanized her more. As Ted put a chip in Vicky so she could talk like normal people do, and they bought her actual clothes so she wouldn't look like a doll anymore. It was typical 80s garb, mind you. When I watch reruns nowadays, I laugh at myself for actually loving this show back in the day. I put it up there with Alf and Charles in Charge when I talk about my favorite 80s sitcoms. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I have fond memories of the show as well. I do remember the smoking episode where Jamie and his friend are trying to fit in in junior high and all the older kids are supposedly smoking cigarettes now and they try to do it so all right i'm gonna read the back of the dvd box vicky's homecoming ted lawson introduces his family to vicky v-i-c-i or the voice input child identikit a secretly constructed robot domestic aid in the form of a 10 year old girl now, I have not listened to the commentary. Guys, this is the first time I will have actually seen this episode since I watched it on television years ago. So, alright, let's waste no time getting into this episode. But, of course, I like to do a little, as you call, housekeeping up front and let you guys know where you can follow along with the podcast. On Facebook, it's She's a Small Wonder 
a Small Wonder podcast, and you can follow along. This is going to be a weekly podcast, so you can follow along with upcoming episodes. I might try to do a little trivia in there. Um, hopefully just simple trivia, because a lot of you guys have probably haven't seen the show in a long time, but I'll try to make it pretty, you know, multiple choice or, or something. Um, on Instagram, if you if you're already following along with LBOM Wonder Years podcast, just keep doing that because that's where the small wonder, you know, um, upcoming em- episode information is going to be. Also, if you wanna send me an email, you can also do so at LBOM Wonder Years podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, I'm ready to jump into this episode. I know you guys are too. a small wonder home to meet the family. Suddenly like having another child in the house. Yeah, only this time I gave birth. But when Jamie tries his end of programming, it'll take a small miracle to keep the house from tumbling down. I can see I'm going to have nothing but trouble with you. Trouble. On Small Wonder. So let's take a look at this intro here. We have Small Wonder in yellow font. And the... Screenshot here, what we're getting, this stock footage of a business called United Robotronics. Okay, now we get a picture of that sign. As Ted comes out, he's kind of taking his lunch break. He's got a bag, a regular brown paper bag that kids back in the day would take to school that would hold their lunch. Maybe a sandwich and some chips. And he's got a drink in the other hand. Oh, he's also got what looks like a um, computer-type magazine. Um, you know how they have those uh, PC news, you know, stuff about upcoming uh, new technology and stuff like that. Actually, I think he had a coffee in one hand. But anyway, um, it looks like the sky is overcast. It's not really a lot of sun, but... Um, the actor's name, Dick Christie, pops up, and underneath it says, Ed has Ted Lawson, and he kind of turns to the camera and smiles. Kind of a tight-lipped smile at first, but then he starts to kind of open his mouth and you see the teeth. Now we move on to the Lawson house. We see Joan in a blue pantsuit as she is laying down the tablecloth on the table and kind of smoothing it out. She heads over to the stove where she is using a spatula in a pan. A lot of them all, it's like that where they look up like they're surprised the camera's there. And we see her name, the actress Marla Pennington. I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. As Joan Lawson. And she's like smiling at someone off camera. And it kind of freeze frames there. Now we move up to Jamie's room. He's lying in bed. It looks like he's asleep. I notice on his headboard, he's got these really... It's 1985. He's got these big, black, bulky, chunky-looking headphones. That The kind that, you know, when you're a kid and you have to have, like, hearing tests. Like, I had to have hearing tests. And they put those big, bulky headsets on your head that cover your entire ear. 
And Jamie is waking up. He hits the alarm. The alarm goes off. We see he's wearing a Gremlins with a gizmo on the front of his pajama top. I had a Gremlins gizmo nighty when I was like eight years old. It was really nice. It was like white and then it had like thin purple stripes that went across it. And then it was just gizmo on the front. It was really cute. So yeah, Jamie like... (laughs) Hits the alarm, turns it off, pulls the covers back over his face. Like, I'm going back to sleep. But now in the next shot, we see he's up and awake, and he's, like, talking to someone off screen as the name, his name is Jerry Superian, S-U-P-I-R-A-N. It's Jamie Lawson. And I looked. On the commentaries for these episodes, he actually is available for commentary, which is awesome. A lot of people thought, you know, he disappeared from obscurity. He just vanished into thin air and no one had heard from him. It's like, well, he came back for these small wonder commentaries. So I'm excited and happy for that. Now we got Vicky coming in. She's carrying a tray with a couple bowls and a small little tiny clear vase with one single... It looks like a fake flower to me. Oh, so she's in Ted and Joan's room as they're... They're clearly awake. <laughs> I thought at first this was a living room because you see, like, some computers and a lot of other heavy tech stuff in there. I'm like, is this their living room? But no, it's like we see, like, um, a, a chest sitting on the floor, like, in front of the bed. And I'm like, and we see the edge of the bed. And I'm like, okay, that's a bedroom there. And they both, Joan and Ted, look very surprised to even see Vicky. Like, what is she doing? Why does she have food for us? Why are you in her bedroom? Now, the next screen, we have Tiffany Brissett as Vicky. And Vicky is wearing uh, her tip, which she's familiar for, the red and white dress with the, and she's got the red bow in her hair. And I don't really like her bangs or just little thin wispy hairs that have been, like, curled under. Like, you know with a balloon and you have the, um, the thing, what what is the thing holding the, the balloon? Anyway, um, when I worked in the flower department at Meyer and people would get balloons, we'd always use the, like, the edge of the scissors to kind of curl, uh, the, uh, I cannot think of it. The thing that holds a balloon. <laughs> and we get a smile from Vicky, but immediately she goes back to a uh, solemn face. So I'm seeing this must be from the pilot episode as we got Jamie talking to Vicky. We have Emily Schulman as Harriet appearing in a window. This girl with unbelievable amounts of red hair. And her bangs are weird. They're like come to a point and they curl under just above her eyebrows. It's really creepy. And Harriet is wearing this purple and white square pattern shirt with purple Oshkosh bagash overalls. So we got a shot of the living room. Ted is looking down very happy at Vicky in her um, skills as Vicky is shaking Jamie's hand. And 
Joan has got a hand on Ted's arm, very pleased. Like, okay, yeah, she seems like she is well-adjusted. And we see executive producer Howard Leeds. And the last shot here, we get Jamie coming in through the door with a blue wrapped package. And Vicky is walking in right behind him as he closes the door and he turns to her, puts a finger to his lips like, shh, this is a surprise. That's a lot of footage. <laughs> a lot of time for that theme song as you hear the She's a Small Wonder song playing in the background or, or over top of it. So the first official scene of the episode, we get Ted walking out of work. He is carrying a large silver briefcase and heading to his car. He does not look happy at all. He seemed really pissed, like things just did not go well for him. Now we move on from that shot to the shot of the home where... Joan is in her blue pantsuit. She's at the stove. She's moving something around in a pan with a spatula. We got Jamie walking in the door. Looks like he just came home from school. So he walks right over to her and pulls a carrot out of her hand. Like, oh, thank you. This is my snack for the afternoon. One large carrot. <laughs> There's more to life than school. Man cannot live by education alone. <laughs> so typically she asks, you know, how was school? And he says there's got to be more to life than school. A man can't live by education alone. And we see he's got a notebook and a basic reading. So if he's 10, he's got to be, what, in the third or fourth? Probably fourth grade, I would think. So he takes a bite of the carrot. And Joan says, hey, why don't you get a little bit of playtime before dinner? Who's he going to play with? He's an only child at this point. So this is interesting that he brings this up. He's like, well, who with? I wish I had a brother, or I'd even settle for a sister at this point. Well, it's been ten years. I take it Joan is now infertile? Have they not tried to have kids in the ten years since Jamie has been on this earth? Um, Maybe Ted has just become really career-focused, and you're just like, no, I don't, or we don't have time for a kid. I don't have time for a kid. So Joan kind of comes over to the table where Jamie's sitting says, well, you know, maybe one day you'll have one. It's been 10 years, Joan. If you guys aren't having a kid yet, you're not going to. And that's going to be a heck of an age difference. At least 10 or 12 years. Yeah. So Jamie turns to his mom and is like, yeah, you keep saying that, but I don't think you're really working on it. <laughs> I love these little innuendos. <laughs> Like, he clearly knows what it takes to have a baby is a man and a woman have to have intercourse. So, I'm going to play this clip. I love Jamie already. He is such... He's already got these cool little one-liners. Just, he he's quick and he's, he's funny. As we're going to see shortly when Harriet comes to the door. Blah. Jamie was first taking a bite of that carrot. He, like, 
bit into it, but he didn't bite a chunk off of it. But now, of course, after he said, I don't really think you're working on it, he actually takes a bite. I think he bites off a piece of the carrot as we have a knock at the door. Who's at the door? Well, it's not Ted, because who would knock entering their own house, right? But, you know, I also, I gotta side with Jamie. I mean, what 10-year-old likes school? I mean, sure, you like school when you're, what, six years old? Because it's fun and everything. But when you get to be about 10 and in fourth grade, it's like, think about it. You're, like, a quarter of the way done with your schooling. And it's like, it's not gonna get any better from here on out. It's like, if you like school, that's cool and everything, you know. Some you know kids some kids like school but I really didn't <laughs> I really really didn't but and I feel bad you know Jamie's an only child you know he doesn't have anyone to play with he doesn't have a you know a kid his age if they had a Nintendo he wouldn't be talking about yeah I wish I had a brother or sister to play a Super Mario Brothers game with no they'd be in front of the television <laughs> all right let's get let knock at the door. Honey, would you get that? <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Hi, Harriet. <laughs> Jamie, that was rude. That's no way to treat your neighbor. I'm sorry, Mom, but she deserves it. Jamie, it's a pill and she's no <coughs> What a waste of womanhood. Oh, well, there's your father. You can ask him to play with you. So Jamie goes up to the door. Opens it, of course, it's Harriet, and he's like, bye, Harriet, slams the door. This is how this gag always goes. She comes to the door, knocks, he opens it, he, she's like, hi, Jamie, and he's like, bye, Harriet, slam. <laughs> and Joan kind of turns around like, Jamie, there's no way to treat a neighbor. And Jamie's like, she's such a pill, and she's nosy. <laughs> and he says, what a waste of womanhood. Like, uh, I'm surprised he didn't say, what a sorry excuse for a human being. <laughs> well, her mother isn't any better. We'll, I think get to meet in the next episode. And Joan's got supersonic hearing because she can hear that Ted is approaching. Like, oh, there's your dad. You can play with him. Uh, Ted is in no mood to play or do anything as he comes through the door a full tornado force. Just sourpuss look on his face. He's angry. I'm surprised that he didn't slam that door into the counter right there because he looks like he's ready to. As he slams, I'm sure he'd slam the door. Those window panes set into that door shatter. No, they don't. But <laughs> and yeah, both Joan and Jamie are like, "What is going on with Dad? And like, what's going on with Ted?" And Jamie's like, I don't think I'm going to ask him to play with me. And, of course, sexual innuendo, as Joan says, you know, I don't think I'm going to ask him to play with me either. Like, whoa. <laughs> See, back in the day, in the 80s, with the innuendos, you could get away with that stuff. A lot of this stuff, this, I don't think you could get away with that nowadays. I don't think I will either. 
So, yeah, it's like, he comes in, he's, like, charging right through that kitchen. And she's like, hi, honey. And James is like, hi, Dan. And he's like, hi, as he just marches straight through that door. And <laughs> Joan and Jamie waste no time going after him to see what his deal is. Okay, uh, they've moved up to Ted and Joan's bedroom, because when they come in the door, at first I'm like, are they going through the, because they went through the door from the kitchen to the living room, but now we see there's a hallway outside with a door across from it, which that door could be the bathroom or Jamie's room. And she's like, what's wrong, Ted? And he explains to her about how he has this new robot thing that he's working on, and his boss had no interest in wanting to see it. What happened, Ted? Well, I, I told you I was <clears> working <throat> on that special project at the lab. Oh, the one you've been working on all those nights? I didn't even tell my boss about it. Anyway, I, I decided it was in good enough shape to show it to him today. He wouldn't even discuss it. Well, what is it? Why wouldn't he discuss it with you? This. <laughs> working on this little robotic side project, he decides to just show him. Which, when Jamie, when they, when Ted opens the suitcase, we see a bald head, a bald, or naked torso, separate arms and separate legs. It looks kind of macabre. Like, he chopped up someone's legs and arms and head and torso and and put it in a suitcase. This is clearly a mannequin, of course, and it looks nothing like Vicky. Like, ugh. <laughs> and Ted said that his manager, his boss, would not even look at it. Like, he didn't want anything to do about it and more to focus on hand the purpose of making robots that, according to Joan weld cars and put labels on things stuff like that and even jamie's a little bewildered as he as he looks down at this disassembled doll and he's like gee dad playing with a doll at work like it's like ew, that's not masculine 
And as June's saying this, like, why would your manager be interested in a doll? And Ted explains to her, like, this thing that he's created is going to be so worthwhile to the world, like, to help blind and deaf children and, and, and other things. Because it's a v, uh, V-I-C-I, a voice input child identikit. Why does it necessarily have to be a child? Because that almost puts in a little bit of creep factor. Like, this man built a child that is wrong on so many levels. Especially by today's standards. And of course, when he is whipping around these robotic terms, like V-I-C-I... And she's just looking at him like, can you give me that in English, please? He explains to her that this can be controlled by voice command, which, great. And he says how this could be, this doll could be, a robot could be invaluable to society. Teach, it could teach in schools and stuff like that. It's like, that's great. But you're hiding this robot from the world. How is this thing going to learn to be invaluable? I mean... If you want to, like, put it out in the world, that's great. Make it an adult. I mean, I love this this show, and I love Vicky and everything, and I'm sure I'm going to fall in love with her again, as I did when I was growing up. But if you want to do people to take you seriously, don't make it a child. Make it either a grown man or a grown woman or a what-have-you or a non-gender-specific robot. And have it do that stuff. Because nobody's gonna look at you like, Oh, you made a child robot that's doing your housekeeping and watching your child and this and that. They're gonna look at you funny. Oh, he also says help in hospitals and work, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, speech, kids with speech imp- uh, impediments and the deaf and the blind and everything like that. They could just be so... Oh my gosh! What if he made a doll that is like a trained, like, seeing eye dog almost? Something like that. Oh my god! Well, if you, although if he did make a robotic dog that would help, like, deaf and blind people, then service dogs would be put out of. You know, they would be out of a job. Speaking of service dog training, if you guys haven't seen the documentary Pick of the Litter, it's on Amazon. It's really, really good. I really liked it. They deal with five puppies who get um, brought home by puppy raisers to help. They're going to be the next, like, service dogs for blind, hearing impaired, also, people that deal with PTSD, or maybe um, children that have uh, other difficulties, Asperger's, or they need a dog companion or something like that. It is a very, very good movie. I learned quite a lot. So, Joan is, you know, trying to help Ted feel better. Like, it's a great idea if you can do this. Of course, Jamie's got to add a cutesy little thing as he picks up the doll's uh, torso from the neck, the chest, down to the, you know, uh, just past the 
genitalia area. He's like, oh, dad, you better stand back when a doll this size cries and wets. Like, ew. And you see the wires coming out of the, the neck hole and the arm holes. <laughs> so I think that Jamie is just trying to make his dad feel better by making a joke. Like, like trying to uh, break up the uh, hostility and irritability in the room. What kids try to do. They don't like parents fighting. They don't like it when their parent is in a bad mood. Me, I always tried to be, like, try to make a joke, make someone feel better. Stuff like that. When when people are like, fighting or in a bad mood or something. So, with that, Jamie kind of gives a doll to his mom and heads out of the room. And this is where Ted turns to his wife. And I, I can't believe he's actually asking permission to work on the doll at home because he's been away nights, like probably staying late at work to work on this doll, like off the clock. Cause his company's not going to pay him to work on something that isn't part of their company. They're not going to pay him for that. So he's like, would you mind if I worked on this at home? And she's like, mind? No. And he's like, oh, geez. And she's like, no, of course. I mean, I don't mind. In fact, I'd rather you stay home and, and work on this. So that way I get to see more of you. He's like, oh, okay. And he actually is so elated that he picks her up off the ground, like in his arms. Like, oh, thank you, honey. I'm so, oh, this means the world to me. Alright, in the next scene, we're back in the bedroom area as Ted is doing some adjustments on, I'm not sure what that machine is, but it's like a computer TV screen, and it's got some dials on it. What's that other machine? It's got, like, numbers on it. Numbers that almost kind of make me think of one of those, you know the alarm clocks, not the digital ones, but the ones that had, like, uh, that would flip over to the next number and stuff like that? It, it looks like that. So this is where we get the first shot of Vicky. And she's, what would you call this? Like a hope chest or something like that? He's kind of got her draped there. Her eyes are closed. She is dressed in, you know, her, what we'll get to know as her regular dress. The red dress with the, uh, the white Almost like a Raggedy Ann doll or a maid's dress or something like that. And she's got a red bow in her hair. So he's just making final adjustments like to her arm and probably the clothes and everything before he starts, you know, getting her activated. So I had to play this clip as he is starting to uh, punch stuff into the computer to activate her, you know, her eyes, blink her eyes, sit up, move your arm, stuff like that. Okay, here we go. Blink eyes. <laughs> Wiggle nose. <laughs> now the final touch. Respond to voice. Command. <laughs> Open your eyes and stand up.
say so myself, you are fantastic. I'm fantastic. <laughs> All right, so he's ta uh, typing stuff into his computer. Open your eyes. And the way she does it, I don't even think a human being can do this, can they? Unless they're, like, got one eye shut and one eye. Because she opens one eye at a time. Like, one eye and then the second eye. And then he says, wiggle your nose. And this has got to be, I'm not going to say CGI, but special effects. As it's almost like her nose slightly, the nostrils, like, extend out just a little bit and then move, like, side to side. So it's clearly, I don't think that's her nose doing that. I'd love to see if I can research some more special effects, like, how they did some of these special effects. I don't know what all I'm going to find, though. So, of course, the final command as he gets up real quick to, I'm guessing... Uh, is it a charging cable that he had plugged into her or something like that? So the final touch, of course, is the voice command that she responds to your voice. And she, he, everything she does, Ted, Ted is ecstatic. Like, oh my gosh, she opened her eyes. Oh my gosh, she wiggled her nose. And he's like, all right, respond to voice command. And he says, open your eyes and stand up. And she opens her eyes, and she stands up. She sits up, and then she stands up from the hope chest there. And he's like, this is, fa you're fantastic. And she says, I'm fantastic. And <laughs> he's just amazed, like, wow. It's like, he understood, you know, her responding to voice commands. Like, he didn't. He told her to open your eyes and stand up, which she did. But then he noticed, like, okay, she's actually can repeat what I'm saying. So that's something, as the show goes on, they're going to have to watch what they say in front of her because she will repeat that back at the most inappropriate times. <laughs> like, if you want some to say something that you don't want someone else to hear or know about, do not say that in front of her because she will bring that back with full force. Yeah, after Vicky says, I'm fantastic, Ted just looks at her in utter surprise and amazement, like, oh my gosh, this is working out even better than I thought. So I wonder how many days he needed to kind of work on her and get her all ready to go. Okay, so it's clearly got to be close to 5 o'clock. Joan is working on dinner, and... Ted busts into the kitchen all excited, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you guys will not believe it. I, I finished this, I, it, she's ready to go, she's, he's gonna bring her in. Okay, so it's apparently taken weeks to get her ready to go, and, <laughs> and she's like, dinner's not ready yet, and he's like, dinner? And she's like, yeah, you know, the thing we do every night that gets the dishes dirty? That. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm too excited to eat. The thing, this, I've been working on this for weeks now, and it's finally come to fruition. So he's like, I'd like you all to meet Vicky as Vicky comes through the door. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, honey, I'm, I'm much too excited to eat. Now, uh, after all these weeks of uh, patiently waiting, I'd like you both to meet Vicky. Vicky? Oh, you're my voice input child identical. B-I-C-I-I. -I, I pronounce it Vicky. <laughs> Vicky. That's cute. <laughs> Come in here, Vicky. 
Say hello to my family. Hello to my family. <laughs> Ted, are you putting us on? That's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Oh, Ted, that's incredible. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, yeah, get a load of this. <clears throat> what time is it, Vicky? When you hear the tone, the time will be 5, 43, and 20 seconds. <laughs> from the living room she walks through the door and is jamie playing with like a game boy type thing or a handheld something or other but when vicky walks through the door as ted is holding the door open for her he's just got this amazing excited smile on his face he's so proud of himself which kudos ted you did something amazing with your brain and your and, and everything like that. And the expressions of awe and horror and utter confusion on both Jamie and Joan's face. Especially Joan's reaction because she's making dinner and all of a sudden, boom, there goes the pan that she was holding, falls to the floor. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're putting this on. That's a real kid, right? And Ted's like, no. No, it's a robot. Like, that's what he's been working. She looks so humanized and lifelike. 
It's like, as soon as Ted's like, say hello to my family, she's like, hello to my family. And that's when Joan turns around, drops the pan that she was holding, and she's like, oh my gosh, that's a real kid. No, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> and she's telling you, know, that's incredible. She puts her hands to her face and just utter surprise. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. It's like, yeah, do you, do you like it? And he... Ted is just so excited to just show his family all the things that Vicky can do, including tell time. Like, what time is it, Vicky? And she tells the time. Like, see, it also works like uh, an alarm clock. And the whole time, Ted is referring to Vicky as it. Like, the ro- this, it, the robot. And Joan automatically is seeing Vicky as a human child, regardless of all the things that Ted is showing her, like, hey, no, it's an android, as I turn her around, unzip the back of her dress, and pull open the panel, which has all these, um, blinking lights and wires and stuff, and I love Jamie's reaction, like, oh my gosh, it's full of wires, not gizzards, gizzards, do you think that people have gizzards inside them, Jamie, you need to go back to science class, bud. So, I like how she says, when you hear the tone, the time will be 5.43 and 12 seconds. What did she say? 20 seconds? And it's just, like, it makes me think of, um, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, do you remember those Disney books, the ones that were on tape and you play the tape? And it would always say, when you hear the chimes ring like this, you'll know it's time to turn the page. I mean, just like that. <laughs> And you hear this beep come from Vicky that's almost like also an answering machine. When you're like, so-and-so is not here right now. At the tone, leave a message. Beep. And Jamie finally gets up like, wow, that's wild. This looks like a real girl. She even feels like a real girl. And smells like an, a real girl. As... Ted tells them that the skin that he used is, like, real skin that's used on artificial limbs. The smell, of course. He used Joan's perfume. What? Don't put perfume on her. Don't sexualize that robot doll. That's gross. No 10-year-old human or robot needs to be wearing perfume. Deodorant? Maybe I wouldn't put any form of liquids on her. That, that can't be good for her. She is a robot, after all. Oh, it's a synthetic material, he tells them, that they use for artificial limbs. I'm kind of wondering where he got some of this stuff, like synthetic material. Where did, did you raid a hospital or a artificial uh, limb store or, or something? So, he's so eager for approval as he turns to Joan and says, and he calls her Joni, which sometimes it seems like a nickname usually is going to be shorter than the actual name. He's like, oh, do you like how I dressed her, Joni? He's so hungry and desperate for the approval of his family, especially his wife. And, and, and she's still at a loss for words, and she's kind of wringing her hands a little, like, I don't know what to make of all this. And then he even points out that that's real human hair. How in the world did he get real human hair? I know that you can make wigs and, with real hair and stuff like that. There are also people, what's it called, locks of love, that the people cut their hair to make wigs for, you know, um... 
chemo patients and, and cancer patients, stuff like that. Yeah, but... As Ted goes over to Vicky and just yanks the hair off, and he's like, oh, do you like her? I could make her a redhead. And, and Joan is like, no, she's like really disgusted and disturbed like please put put it back <laughs> i don't want to see this bulge oh child please put the hair back and he sets it back and it's not askew or anything it just goes right on back onto the head i wonder if like the hair and the top of the head have like magnets so it just it's this right on back on it now they clearly put a bald cap on tiffany Brissett. they did not shave her head for this <laughs> And I love how, I mean, Tiffany Brissett, who plays Vicky, just the fact that she has to always speak in the monotone voice for at least the first two seasons, they do tire, like I said in the trivia, or uh, that review, they do eventually try to humanize her, dress her in real, you know, 11, 12-year-old clothes, because this show goes on for four, four seasons, you know, four years. And these kids are going to get older, and they're going to get taller. Their voice might change just a little bit. And you got to adapt to those changes. And that dress, I don't know how long they could be letting out that dress, or they make different, they probably have a bunch of different, um, of the, of the same dress and stuff, as, like, according, as she gets taller, but it's like, yeah, dress her in something different and more modern look, you know, for the times, of course. So Ted kneels next to Vicky, turns to Joan and says, how do you like it? And she's like, well, I'm at a loss for words. I just, I don't know. It's almost like having a real, another real child here. And this is kind of, I honestly agree, this is a creepy line as Ted gazes at Vicky with such love and admiration at his creation. He's like, oh yeah, but only this time I gave birth. That's creepy. I don't like that. He laughs at his own joke, as does the audience. And Ted kind of turns and he says, the real question here is, can this robot be programmed to have human emotions and thoughts? And human faults. He's like, wow, that is such a challenge. So he's really, it's almost like you've made this robot and everything and it speaks and everything. But the key is what else can he do with, like, how else can he enhance her to do other things? And if he can get her to talk and blink and what have you, he can probably have her do other things. Like have, you know, respond... Not just in monotone, but also inflections and emotions and stuff like that. So now Jamie kind of steps in and he's like, Dad, like, what do we say to her? Do we got to wind her up with a key or anything? And he, he's like, no, no, just just talk to her. And Jamie, of course, introduces himself like, hi, I'm Jamie. And Vicky shakes his hand and says, hello, I'm Vicky. I thought at first she was going to, like, also, like, repeat exactly what he said. Like, hello, I'm Jamie. Like, she's, like, doing, um, echolalia. Or, well, not echolalia. But, um, just, um, not echolocation. But just repeating what he's saying. Exactly to the point. 
And he blinks at her, and she blinks at him, and Jamie's like, wow, that's so cool. So, Ted goes on to talk about some of the technical aspects of Vicky. Like, no, her eyes are solar sensors or something. Solar cells. Okay, gotcha. It's, see, he always refers to Vicky as it. Its brain is a, a data flow system using wafer something or other. Wafer skill integration. I don't know any of that. Yeah, this is a big old mouthful. As one of the things that Jones says other than, that's cute, is, uh, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense. Like, she's unsure. But that's another one of her catchphrases that she says. That's cute. That makes sense. Like, yeah. So, Joan is concerned with how they treat Vicky. And Ted's like, just treat her like a normal child. And he does have her programmed to pretty much act and respond like a 10-year-old. Like, of course, she's still a robot, so there are some uh, inaccuracies. So he programmed her to know everything and do everything that a 10-year-old would do. Like, so they're just going based off their 10-year-old son and the things that he would do. Because what other basis for 10-year-olds would you have other than your 10-year-old son? Unless you go to parks and, like, take notes on the actions of 10-year-old kids. Like, could you tell a 10-year-old from a 8-year-old or a 10-year-old from a 12-year-old? Like, oh, that kid looks like they're 10. That kid looks like they're 9. And that one looks like it's 11 years old. So, it's still in the experimental stage. So, we're probably going to see glitches along the way. And as Jamie's like, wow. And Vicky's like, wow. Like, really the oh sound. And... Ted's, like, looking at, you know, side-eyeing his wife, like, can be used as a tape recorder, too. Like, yeah. So, Jamie's so excited. Like, hey, Dad, can I keep Vicky in the cabinet? He's got a stand-up cabinet in his room that he puts toys in. How are those going to stay in there? With just shutting the door? Usually toys are, like, in a toy box that's, like, on the floor that you lift the lid up and down. Not, here, let me open the standing cabinet and toys just spill out at me. And, of course, Ted's like, yeah, sure, I don't see a problem with that. And and Joan's like, honey, I don't think that's a good idea. You can't put a child in a cabinet. And the thing is, Ted keeps having to remind her, like, honey, this is a robot. This is not a child, even though I want you to treat it as a real child. Like, that line is really going to get blurred. <laughs> like, I'm confused. <laughs> you can't eat, but I'm supposed to treat you like, uh, and you don't go to the bathroom, but I'm supposed to treat you like a normal 10-year-old kid. He's like, it's a, it's a it. Because he keeps referring to Vicky as an it. Like, it's a machine. And then to give them an example, he undoes her little, um skirt thing in front of her that's in front of her dress i don't even know the the frilly white skirt thing he undoes that unzips the back and then he pulls this like um plastic covered foam cover up and then you see these blinking lights and everything like that and that's when jamie's like wow all these wires she doesn't have any gizzards at all of course, 
Who has to peer in their window like a creeper but Harriet? As, you know, she's not seeing, this is the first time she's laying eyes on this other being in their household as Ted is zipping Vicky back up. <laughs> do they notice her at all? I don't know if they do. Can she hear through that glass? So, Joan's like, this isn't going to be easy. But Jamie's all psyched, like, oh my gosh, I have my own personal robot. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> Jamie's already tested out. Like, he points to the door going to the living room. That way, Vicky, and... Ted kind of, whoa, 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 Jamie, buddy, um, she's not 100% perfected yet. As we see Vicky turn, step forward, boom, hits the door frame. She does not hit the, go through the door, she hits to the right of the door, hitting the wall. And of course, the whole time we're getting Harriet's reactions outside, like, she's surprised, like, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, it's a little girl that just walked into a wall. So Ted's like, you gotta watch her every minute. And then we hear Vicky's voice. I'm okay. <laughs> Sounds like Elvin and the Chipmunks. Like she's trying to like, her her core center's trying to get back online or something. So I'm gonna play this clip. Because she bounced or hit the wall or hit the door. Because um, Joan's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? What's wrong with her? And Ted's like, oh. Because she hit the door frame, now her voice sensor thing is off, so I'm going to have to take her apart completely, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you should have warned your son. Like, e go easy on her. Like I said, she's still got uh, some hurdles she's got to jump for a bit until she's 100% perfected. It's not perfected. You see what I mean? You gotta watch it every minute. Vicky, are you okay? <laughs> Bumping into the door must have affected the voice mode. Now I'm going to have to take it all apart and examine the voice circuits. I can fix it, Dad. I'm okay. So Ted's getting his panties in a twist. He's like, gosh, I'll have to take this whole thing apart and examine the voice circuits and whatnot. Jamie takes it upon himself. Like, oh, Dad, don't worry. I got this. As he... Slaps Vicky on the back and boom, record scratch, her voice is back to normal. And you get such an applause from the audience. They're like, yeah, way, way to go, buddy, you fixed it. <laughs> like it's that simple. We see Harry is still looking in through the window. No one has noticed her yet because they're all staring at Vicky. Yet Jamie is like, got a clear shot of that window. Someone's going to notice her. And Jamie refers to fixing Vicky like fixing a stereo. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip as Ted warns Jamie, I do not want this robot out of the house because Harriet's father, Brandon Brindle, works at the same company as I do. We got to keep this on the DL. Hush, hush. Nobody knows but us. You got it? out of the house, all right? And remember, Harriet's father works at my company, too, so not a word to her about this. I mean, this is what we call top secret, right? Right. It's top Well, it's morning time, and we see the scene that we saw in the intro with Jamie, where he's pulled down the covers on his blanket, 
hit the alarm clock to shut it off as and he is pulling the covers back over his head like I am not gonna do today. He wakes up at 7, 15, 7 o'clock in the morning. Hopefully, the, is this a school day or a weekend? Okay, if it's a weekend, I would not. I wake, Luckily, I've been waking up closer to 11 o'clock. But when I was young, like in junior high and high school, I had to get up. I think it was like 6.15 or 6.20 to get on the bus at 6.55. Ugh. But then he, again, he throws back the covers when he remembers, like, oh yeah, dad made this robot and it's hanging out in the closet, in my toy closet. So he's going to get up and run over there. Kind of makes me think of, like, when you wake up in the morning, like, I don't want to go to work or school today. And then you realize, like, it's Saturday or you realize, like, oh, I have a fun day planned ahead for me. Or, oh, I realize I don't have to work today, get a day off. Or a school day, or snow day. And it's just fun. It's like, oh, today's the day I get my puppy or something like that. So, yeah. So let's take a look at this closet, shall we? Shall we? Um, He opens the doors. Vicky is standing upright with her eyes closed. And next to her, her back is flat against the back of the wall. And then just in the corner next to her is this large traffic light that is literally three feet tall. Jeremy would love one of those. Seriously. You know, road signs, traffic lights, stop signs. He's just, he, growing up, he was really big um, on signs and stuff like that when um, he and his family lived over in England for a bit because his dad was in the Air Force. Um... He would, like, draw maps and stuff like that with, like, uh, don't turn here signs or, um, traffic, you know, for the traffic circle and stuff like that and different signs. He was really into that. But I'm going to play this clip as it's morning time and Jamie is excited and ready to play with his new robot friend, Vicky. Open your eyes, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. We have to get up early because we've got work to do. Work to do. Come on out. That's my dirty shirt and socks over there. Pick them up and throw them in that laundry basket. <laughs> and then I'll show you how to make my bed here. <laughs> I think I died and gone to heaven. <laughs> So Jamie wakes up Vicky, like, wake up, Vicky, it's tomorrow. And she opens her eyes and she's like, it's tomorrow. He's like, we got work to do. First of all, I want you to take my dirty clothes that are on the floor, put them in the hamper, and then you're going to make my bed. So he's already putting her to work. Like, great, you're going to be my little uh, slave robot. And you're going to do stuff that I would normally have to do, but you're going to do it for me. Oh, and by the way, my parents' anniversary is today, so you're going to help me with that, too. Do you know what an anniversary is? And she's like, yes, it's when a man and a woman get married and have babies. 
And also, he says they've been married 11 years, and Jamie's 10, so clearly they got married, and then they had Jamie, like, a year later. So, of course, Jamie is being really coy here, like, hmm, did they happen, did my dad program you how to know where babies come from? And she looks at Jamie like, no, he did not program me to have that information, He's like, oh, shoot, because he won't tell me either, so, <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> I mean, 10, 11, that's probably a, di I would think that is honestly a right age for the talk about the birds and the bees, but, however, I noticed somebody's doing a little peeky-poo in the window, Miss Harriet Brindle, who can't keep her nose or her face out of a window pane. She... And there's a, t she clearly has either got a ladder up to, because he's on the second floor, she's clearly got a ladder going up to his bedroom window, or she's climbing a tree that's right outside. She is a full-on creeper, and the whole time she was gazing in that kitchen window yesterday, and today, this morning, she woke up right, I mean, it's 7 o'clock in the morning, she is up, dressed, ready to look in his window. She probably watches him wake up and get out of bed in the morning. Ew. And they're 10. She's got, guys, this isn't a, just a harmless crush. This is pure obsession that carries through four seasons of the show. She does not let this go ever. Anyway, we're going to surprise them and serve them breakfast in bed. But first I have to get dressed. Oh. I know you're a robot, but you're a girl one. And I don't even let my mom see me in my underwear. Would you please turn your head? Turn my head. So, Jamie explains to Vicky, we are going to surprise my parents with breakfast in bed. And... Oh, um, as he gets, he starts to lift his shirt up because he's got to, you know, change out of his pajamas. And then he's like, oh, can you turn around or turn your head around? Because I don't even let my mom see me in my underwear. So, Vicky, to Jamie's shock, because he's like, ah! He actually looks like he starts to back away like he's that horrified. As Vicky turns her neck like a corkscrew. So it faces the door. And Harriet, this is a thing where he's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Let me use, ball up my fists, put them against my eyes, and rub them clockwise to clear my eyes because I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, if I rub my eyes, what I'm seeing will go back to normal. So I'm going to play this clip. This is cute. It looks like they got, is that like bowl? I think it's bowls of cereal that they got on a serving tray. Vicky's folded some napkins. They got a little mini clear vase with a fl fake flower. They got some spoons on the serving tray as well. <clears throat> Jamie asks if she knows what eggs are. And he's like, yes, your father programmed it into my memory bank, but I've never seen one. So Jamie pulls out an egg. This is an egg. He puts it in her palm. And immediately, her fingers close around the egg, getting ready to crack it, smush it in her hand. Luckily, Jamie's already there with a mixing bowl to catch the goopy, yellow, clear, runny egg dropping as it falls right into it. Like, he was, boom, there. Like, 
he must have anticipated, like, that's how she's probably going to react, because she's never seen an egg. Hey, you guys back. We're going to make myself some eggs. You know what they are? They're in my memory banks, but I've never seen them. Well, this is an egg. See? You have to be careful that you don't. Vicky's hand is covered in egg white and egg. Jamie hands her a towel to wipe her hand off. And he's like, oh, be sure to give me that hand towel back. At first when he's like, be sure to give that back to me, I thought he, I thought she was like going to pull her arm out and hand it to him. I was a little nervous there. Look at the, the, she just handed him the hand towel back. Like, I don't think a towel is going to get all that residue off that hand. Of course, there's a knock at the door. Who is it? It's Harriet. She wants to know, who is that strange little girl? And Jamie is, like, looking around like, what strange little girl? Like, I don't see a strange little girl. As Vicky comes up alongside him, Jamie puts his arm around her like, oh, you mean this strange little girl? And she's like, yeah, you know, the one who got here yesterday, which clearly she's giving her, Harriet's giving herself away. Like, oh, the one who arrived yesterday. I'm like, how do you know she got here yesterday? And then, of course, Harriet would have like, oh, I was peeping in your wind in your kitchen window when I saw it. Like, you gotta knock that off. She's not going to, though. It's gonna get worse. And what's worse than Harriet peeping? Her mother, Bonnie Brindle, played by Edie McClurk, which I don't think we meet her yet. We meet her and Harriet's father, Brandon Brindle, in the next episode. So, Harriet introduces herself, and she's like, hi, Harriet, I'm Vicky. And Jamie is like, would you believe that this here is my sister, and she just arrived yesterday, Jamie says. And, of course... Harriet is hip to how a baby takes nine months to arrive. Like, no, a baby takes nine months to arrive. And Jamie's like, oh, man, oh, you're smarter than I thought. Um, would you believe that Vicky's my cousin? Jamie, 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 buddy, um, you know what? Why didn't you go with that first? The whole sister thing is like, and then you're like, oh, she's my cousin. You know, on second thought, she's actually a kid from my school. She's a foreign exchange student. It's... And, uh, you know, a foreign exchange student wouldn't actually be bad, because how would Harriet know otherwise? I'm Harriet. Who are you? I'm Vicky. Would you believe Vicky here's my sister, and she just arrived? No way. It takes nine months to have a sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is, Vicky's my, uh, my cousin. Yeah. And she's leaving today. So 
though Jamie sticks with it. Like, oh, well, she's my cousin, and she's leaving today as he slams the door in Harriet's face, which well deserves. She needs to have a door slammed in her face once in a while because she is annoying. Throughout the show, guys, I'm going to share my utter annoyance of Harriet. I didn't like her when I watched the show in the beginning. I sure as hell don't like her now as a 36-year-old. Well, me being a 36-year-old. I mean, this show came out in 85, September. I would have just shortly turned three in late August. So I don't think I was watching Small Wonder when it first. I think if I can recollect when I started watching it, it would have been probably when I was seven or eight years old. So that would have been 89 to 90. So I was actually watching the show in reruns. I wasn't actually watching it when it first aired. I love the applause when Jamie slams that door in Harriet's face. Like, yes! So Jamie's like, wow, that was close. See, you're not supposed to be here. So if anyone asks, if anyone sees you, you tell them that you're my cousin. Got it? And Vicky's like, I'm your cousin. Got it? Like, whew, good. Thank you. We got that established. <laughs> supposed to be here. So, if anyone happens to see you and ask you, I'll tell them I'm not here. <laughs> no! You say you're my cousin. Got it? I'm your cousin. Got it? <laughs> I really like you, Vicky. You're funny. Funny? You like me? Yeah, but you're too serious. You gotta lighten up, kid. <laughs> Don't you ever smile? I'm not programmed So Jamie tells her, like, hey, I really like you, Vicky. You're funny. And she's like, you like me? I'm funny. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I like you, but you're too serious. You gotta, you gotta loosen up. So try smiling. Can you do that? And she's like, I have not been programmed to smile. And he's like, oh, well, that's easy. Here, just do what I do. And he has this, you know, kind of smile like kids do that their their eyes are like squeezed shut. 
like that, like, <laughs> like, uh, maybe tone that smile down just a little bit so people can see your pupils or see your eyeballs. <laughs> so she does a quick smile, like blink and you miss it smile. And she's back to her, um, her blank face, I guess, if you want to call it that, or a solemn face. So he tells her like, okay, that smile, you need to work on that. Um, yeah. So, Jamie heads over to the fridge, gets some grapefruit for his parents, which are in bowls, which, how much can that tray actually hold? They got two big bowls of cereal, napkins, I see one spoon, or is there two spoons there? And he sets that on the the, the tray there, and he wants to get the coffee going for them, but, um, for, you know, they actually have one of those coolers that you water coolers that you'd see in like an office type setting apparently it's empty jamie is trying to lift the refill that's on the floor he's like okay vicky you take this tray up to my parents tell them happy anniversary from me and uh, jamie and i and then i'll have dad deal with this water cooler situation later and he says all right vicky move it so of course she's not has just blocked out what he mentioned about the tray taking it up to my parents saying happy anniversary to move it as she pulls no no problem whatsoever she yanks this water-filled giant water cooler bottle up with no with just absolutely uh just ease no problem. And Jamie turns around and he's like, whoa, what? Wow, you're strong. And he's like, she's like, you wanted me to move it? He's like, no, I didn't want that. But he's like, well, you put that down. And she drops it. It doesn't shatter because it's, you know, hard plastic. And the water, you can see there's water in there. So I love how he's like, wow. And she's like, wow. And then she winks at him kind of like, so it seems like maybe she can remember certain phrases from like a day before and the action that followed it. Because he didn't blink. He didn't wink at her after saying wow. Alright, now we cut to the bedroom. And Ted and Joan are already up. Um, Joan's kind of got her head propped on her, her hand there, kind of looking at Ted, who's looking at him is it a tech magazine or something what's he looking at and she's like happy anniversary honey as she kind of puts her arm on his shoulder his shoulder and her, her chin's kind of resting right on his shoulder there and of course he's distracted reading about something like yeah that's how i want to be someone to respond on my anniversary like oh happy anniversary dear usually jeremy will respond well, happy anniversary and he's like uh yeah that's what Ted's doing. Like, he is completely distracted. I am playing this clip. <laughs> this is funny. So she has to repeat herself. And he's like, yeah, anniversary. Who got married? Like, oh, God, really? Get with it. Happy anniversary, honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said happy anniversary. Anniversary. Great. Who got married? <laughs> oh, we did. Sorry, honey. Uh, happy anniversary, and and thanks for putting up with all this uh, inconvenience. 
That's it. <laughs> That's all I get for 11 years and all this inconvenience? Well, 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 that was just a sample. Uh, would you like to see the entire line? <laughs> Good morning. I gotta program her for better timing. And to knock before entering. Well, what's all this? Happy anniversary from Jamie and me, oh. and to give this to you. Oh, <laughs> So she pulls that, it's, I guess it's like some stuff from work that he's going over while he's lying in bed. And she's like, you know, I put up with all of your work stuff and everything. You being distracted. And this is the worst that you can, the most that you can give me on our anniversary. is like, oh, sorry, I've been distracted and all these inconveniences. And it's like, it's your anniversary, guy. Can't you just not think about work for one, especially on your anniversary? I know anniversary seems to be more important to us girls than it is to the guys. I'm not saying that about all guys, but come on. And he's like, oh, <laughs> he makes a, a computer joke like, oh, that was just a, uh, that was just a test or something like that. Like, oh, do you want to see the whole line? And they start getting under the covers. Like, they want to get down to bone zone. And that's when Vicky comes in with that tray. And she's like, uh, good morning. Happy anniversary from Jamie and I. And Jamie said to give this to you. And she just tosses that TV tray or that um that uh that tray there that's got the stuff on it, you know, the the cereal, the uh where's the milk? Or did it already have it might already have milk in there. And the grapefruits and everything and the flour. And she just dumps it right on their bedspread. And they're like, ugh. We gotta teach her about, program her about, you know, knocking before entering and everything. And the proper time to come in. As Jamie's kind of hanging out in the doorway kind of watching this and kind of putting a hand to his face like, oh my god, screw up. So Ted yells for Jamie to get in here. Like, uh, so Jamie is now in his bedroom with Vicky, reprimanding her. Like, this is your fault. You really screwed up. Ugh. I guess I gotta work with you more on this. You really did it to me, Vicky. I've been in so much trouble lately, I'll never get out of this room. One more goof and I'll be getting married and raising a family right in here. <laughs> For your anniversary, I'll serve you breakfast in bed. <laughs> Get up. Get in your cabinet. See ya. See ya. 
So Jamie's like, you really did it to me this time, Vicky. I'm in so much trouble. I've been in so much trouble lately. I'll never get out of this room. In fact, I'll probably get married and raise a family in here. And then Vicky asks, like, oh, on your anniversary, I'll bring you breakfast in bed. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it kind of clicks in Jamie's mind, like, hmm, if I get mom and dad a present, maybe they won't be so angry with me. Because it's still technically their anniversary. It's just later that day. And Jamie jumps off the bed, heads over to his nightstand, and pulls out a wad of cash out of his nightstand drawer. And, of course, Vicky reminds him, like, your parents told you to go to your room. And he's like, yeah, but they didn't say I had to stay here. Really? And he mentions how, okay, so we do get a timestamp. It is Saturday, and how his dad sleeps late on Saturdays. So it's, what, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning? See, are they still sleeping or doing whatever they're doing in their bed? I don't know. So he looked at Vicky like, hey, don't give me any back talk. Just remember who's boss in this room. Me, the big J. And I swear I'm remembering now that Jamie Tenser referred to himself as the big J. Back when Jeremy worked at the video store, I think a couple of his co-workers, this was before he, Jeremy and I started dating, but they would refer to him as J-Dog. So every once in a while, very rarely does Jeremy refer to himself as J-Dog. Like, okay. So he tells Vicky, hey, you got a lot to learn about life. And in this case, you just got to sneak out. So he has Vicky go back into her cabinet and he takes off. We actually go to another location, which it looks like one of those, like, things remembered or a Hallmark store that has, like, those nice porcelain things. Because we get a shot of this heavyset lady who has, what is this? It almost looks like a candy dish. It's like a clear glass candy dish. And behind her, you see uh, against the wall that says gifts. It's got, like, different, like, vases and cool um, porcelain things. And it only costs, like, $4 and some change. So that's not bad. She tells him, like, oh, I bet your parents will love this. I'll gift wrap it for you. Which I'm surprised she doesn't charge extra for the gift wrap. Oh, this stuff even has uh, stuffed animals. It's a store that's got everything. Porcelain stuff, like Precious Moments stuff, some vases, some stuffed animals. Vicky, she followed Jamie. The oh, man, this is not good. guys i didn't know that'd be a um a uh, visual gag um we see it says last day of circus display and we get like um a clown 
kind of like touching its nose and stuff. And Vicky is just kind of wandering around looking at this display and she's mimicking what this one clown is doing when she's like bending down to her knees. She's stretching her arms out. She's touching her nose. And these two uh, movers are removing this circus display as they take them. This guy thinks Vicky is a display as he goes to pick her up and he's like, oh, this smell, she smell, this smells nice as he lifts her and puts her in the storage room. And Jamie is watching this like, oh, no, it's like, buddy, you should have said, hey, that's my sister or cousin or whatever, because now the guys like have the storage room there shut and they go off for coffee. It's like, this is not going to end well. And wouldn't you know, the door is locked. Crap, Jamie, why didn't you speak up? So I'm going to play this clip as Jamie goes to the door. He's like, hey, Vicky, Vicky, if you can hear me, tell me you can hear me. Come to the door. And she's like, I can hear you. Like, all right, good, 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 good. He's probably going to say, hey, open this door, even though it's locked. Vicky, Vicky, if you can hear me, come to the door and answer me. I can hear you. Listen, we've got a real problem. So Jamie's like, all right, Vicky, we got a real problem here. And she says my computer data is capable of solving problems. And he's like, well, you're locked in this room. This door is locked. And she's like, oh, I can't solve that problem. And Jamie kind of walks away like, what a stupid robot. It's like, come on, Jamie. She can do some things. So he does tell her, like, can you op get this door opened? Or no, he starts to walk away. And she's like, I'm not a stupid robot. And she basically knocks the door down. Oh, well, when he says that she's locked in there, like she can't get out, he's like, what's your answer for this problem? And she's like, that's a real problem. And that's when he walks away and calls her a stupid robot. She says, I'm not a stupid robot. As she basically pushes the door and the door like, tips forward and she walks out and he grabs her hands like all right vicky we gotta get out of here so now we're back in the kitchen as jamie is coming in and he's like bending his head down to kind of like shh don't say anything don't say anything like you gotta keep this a secret so we don't jamie does not see that his parents are standing there in the kitchen probably waiting for jamie to return probably saw that vicky was gone so they are not happy i don't think that candy dish gift that you're going to give them is going to make them feel better hold it right there you take Vicky out of the house. He's the boss, the big J. We went to the store. <laughs> oh, hello. Hi, 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 Harriet. Can Vicky come out and play? Vicky? Jamie's cousin? 
Oh, uh, Jamie's cousin, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, uh, no, Harriet, she can't come out just now. <laughs> I told my daddy about her. Oh, what did you tell him? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> so Jamie heads with Vicky to the door. He doesn't even see his parents, like, kind of standing against the kitchen sink in the back there. And as he puts his hand on the door to go through it into the living room... Ted calls him back, like, Jamie, you need to come back here. How dare you take Vicky out into public? And he's like, what do you think you're doing? And Jamie, and, and Vicky answered for him, like, oh, he's the big J. He's the boss. Um, we went to the store. And, of course, Ted is getting ready to really reprimand Jamie as there's a knock on the door. There's Harriet there. And she's like, oh, can Vicky come out to play? And and Ted is, like, trying to play dumb. Like, what? Who's Vicky? Harriet's like, oh, Jamie's cousin. And Ted's like, no, no, she can't come out to play right now, Harriet. And she's like, oh, I told my daddy about Vicky. And Ted's like, what exactly did you tell? And Harriet is why. She's like, wouldn't you like to know? And she turns and skips off back to her house. Oh, boy. This isn't good. So, Ted shuts the door, pulls down the shade. You should have a shade for that kitchen window because she's going to look in there, too. Like, every window in that house, cover it. How did Harriet know about Vicky? She was snooping around this morning, and I couldn't help it. So you told her that Vicky was your cousin. It takes nine months to have a sister. <laughs> I did not program that in. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to be more careful, Jamie. All right, now, was anybody at the store suspicious of Vicky? I mean, was there any problem? No problem. I broke the door down. <laughs> what? Happy anniversary, Dad and Mom. That's why I went out to buy this for you, even though I knew it'd kill me and I was risking my life, but I didn't care because I love you so much. <laughs> it was very sweet of you, Jamie. Thank you. Come on, Vicky. Well, we can't very well punish him now. <laughs> Listen, Vicky, I've had enough of you for one day. You've been a bad robot. You said you liked me. Well... I did this morning. And don't look at me like that. So Ted asks, like, did anyone look suspicious because, you know, Vicky went to a store and she says, I knocked the door down and they're like, what? <laughs> like, we don't even want to get into that. So Jamie hands his mother a gift. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. Just know I love you very much. And she's like, thank you, dear. And he... Jamie turns, points in the direction of the door. Let's go, Vicky, as they go through the door. And Joan takes the gift and says, well, we very well, we can't punish him now. Like, not after this. So up in Jamie's room, he folds his arms across his chest like, ugh, dang it, Vicky, you got me into trouble again. You know, I used to like you. But I don't anymore. It's like you're. He calls her a bad robot, almost like he's scolding a dog. And she's like, "You used to like me," and he's like, "Yeah, this morning I liked you, but then you had to go and follow me to, at the store. What was ugh?" I noticed he's also got a poster of Gizmo on his closet door. They're all about the Gizmo, aren't they? Why did she have to follow me? 
wonder if it's my fault that she did. Maybe I'm being too tough on her. Vicky, can you hear me? I can hear you. You can come out if you want. <laughs> I'm going to have nothing but trouble with you. Trouble. So when he shuts the cabinet on her, he's like, don't look at me that way as he closes the cabinet door. And he kind of thinks to himself out loud, like, hey, maybe it's my fault she followed me to the store. And then he's like, hey, Vicky, can you hear me? And she's like, I can hear you. And he's like, well, you can come out of the closet now. And she knocks the doors off like she did with that storage room door in that store. He's like, ugh, I swear I'm gonna have trouble with you. And she looks at him and's like, trouble? And then she smiles, like, oh, that was a cute way to end the episode. <laughs> so, that was the first episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed covering this episode. Um, The rating is gonna be Robots. I'm going to give this one, let's see... I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Um, let's see. I liked Ted, that he is kind of doing his own thing, his own project, and he comes up with this voice input child identikit thing. I think it's a cool idea. Some of the ideas, you know, he says that this will really help society, and he mentions, you know, with, with deaf and blind kids and hospitals and this. I don't know if we ever see her do any of this. She might. Um, I thought Tiffany Brissett did a really amazing job as Vicky, you know, with her voice being monotone and everything like that, and also Jamie, what a cutie patootie. Him just his little quips and everything. He's just on point. And Joan, of course, is just um, the woman did a uh, the actress did a really great job just being a house. At this point, we don't know what her job is, so she's just kind of being the the supportive wife, the housewife, and everything. And just she's a little unsure. I like that she takes to Vicky and she sees her not as a robot, but as an actual human child. Um, whereas Ted is just, you know, seeing her as his creation. He refers to her as it. Um, the only thing I took off, of course, was Harriet. And I, I'm only doing it this time for the pilot episode. I can't always use her as a reason to knock off a point. But her just constantly sneaking into windows and the whole thing with her saying, oh, I told my daddy about your about Vicky and just said like, oh, and her saying, wouldn't you like to know? Like, she's like, I got you. I got you with this, this information. And I'm going to hold it over your head and you'll see what I'm going to do with this. So, yeah, she's going to tell her parents all about it. Like, hey, let's make a a uh, stop over to the Lawson house and check out this uh, supposed cousin Vicky. So, yeah, I overall, I just, I like the episode. It was fun. The fact that in the pilot episode, we actually go to another location, even if it's for a bit, but just seeing Vicky kind of interact with those little clown things and everything and mimicking them. And then, of course, the fact that that guy, like, thinks, like, She's not dressed like a circus character, yet you think, oh, let me take this one here and 
put it in the storage room. And the lady comes out after those guys, the lady that was helping Jamie, she doesn't once, like, say, oh, I don't think that's part of the display. But, um, yeah, it was a good, fun first episode. And, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing what else Vicky can do. I mean, we've seen her mimic Jamie. It seems like she's able... Oh, and the fact that she says it takes nine months to have a baby girl or something, and Joan looks at Ted like, did you... He's like, I, I didn't program her to say that. No, because that's what Harriet said. So we already can tell, because Ted said that she is like a tape recorder. And she's going to pick up certain cues. That's why he's like, watch what you say in front of her. Because she's going to repeat it at inappropriate times. So I think what I learned from the episode. Let's see. Well, I learned that if you're going to make a robot like that, don't make it a child. <laughs> Please don't make it a child, because then you're going to have kooky, fun situations like this, where you're constantly having to get out of trouble. And it's just going to look very wrong to other people. Make an adult. In fact, probably, if you're going to make one and try to perfect it and stuff, make sure you have not just one prototype, but maybe another on hand. So that way it can do this. Like, this is going to be a great asset to society. It's like you listed these things, right? Have it do those things. But you'd have to introduce it to the world and and people and everything like that. I mean, if Wayne Zielinski from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids can create a shrink ray and everything like that. And clearly there are video, you know, you could have made a video and stuff like that. Ted could have made a video of her, you know, doing her things and showing people and or showing Vicky in person. But anyway, it's like, yeah, just if you're going to do that, don't make it a child. <laughs> but let's talk about next week's episode. So next week, I'm going to be talking about the episode season one, episode two, entitled The Neighbors. So we get to meet Harriet's parents, who one of them, of course, you already know, is Edie McClurg, who, if you've seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the Hogan family, stuff like that, she's been in that stuff. So the description. Nosy neighbors, the Brindles, invite themselves over for dinner due to a power outage at their house. Why isn't that convenient? Naturally, Vicky tickles their curiosity, leading them to ask several questions that the Lawsons have no answers for. Can the Lawsons keep Vicky from blowing the evening and her cover? Well, we'll just have to wait till next week to find out, won't we? Alright guys, like I said, I had a blast covering this episode. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy the many episodes to come. Have a great week. Bye-bye.